Good afternoon. Today is Yud Gimel Tevis, the 13th of Tevis. We are continuing in the Maisei Mebaltila, the story of the Master of Prayer. Yesterday we were talking more about um, the the Baltvila. We had a little bit of a, a, no, where we finished the discussion on their theology. And we're talking about the Baltvila uh, sneaking into their yeshuv, speaking to the guards, speaking to the, the hoi paloi. And then there is, as there always is in life, just like we see the pirate, the killer on the sea, and the story of the, uh, what is it, the, the, the burger and the honey, so too we have here an X Factor. Barbarians at the gate. The barbarians are always at the gate. This is the, uh, the Gibor, the mighty hero, the mighty hero or warrior, who comes and he's not interested in money, and he just conquers nations, and that's what he does. Okay. Going on the the salesman, the the businessman who wanted to go out and make more money from the from the wealthy country, they go and they sell Dead Sea products, etc. They came back home and they said uh, they they said there's this there's this gibor in the world. It's it's a scary thing. Everyone became very afraid. Even though and even though they they were like we'll we'll you know we're we're cool with surrender we don't care we're like the French you know we'll, we'll just give up. But when they heard that he was disgusted by money, literally mimaes disgusted by money, he didn't want money at all. This is the opposite of their of their of their amuna, the, the opposite of what they believe. Alkin, therefore, therefore, it, it would be impossible for them to be uh, subjected to him, right? It would be like being destroyed. Since he doesn't he doesn't share their belief in the the intrinsic value of money, the necessity of money, that this this. That money can can achieve uh, deification, can grant excuse me can grant can grant deification. Veniciarum od milfanov. So they were they were very afraid of him, right? Um, right. It's it's sort of when I'm reading this, I'm trying to think into the mindset of of like. Like, because I, I come from secular America, right? You know, fairly wealthy secular America. Um, and now we live in a very different world, right? And, and what Rebain is trying to, to express here is something that's very interesting because it's only like, it's, it's sort of like, remember in 2001 when they find that, um, they find the black monolith on the moon, right? That's how the, 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 second, you know, the future part of the movie begins. Um, they find this black monolith on the moon, and they go to investigate it, and when the sun shines, because they, they were excavating on the moon, and they found this giant black monolith whose dimensions are 1 by 4 by 9, and perfectly black, perfectly, you know, you can't, whatever, it's, it's totally mysterious. And when the sun shines on it, right, so now that it's been excavated, it's the first time that the sun has ever shone on this rock, on the on this monolith thing, on this statue thing, but once the sun shines on it, it lets out this giant shriek, and that shriek is is zooming towards one of the moons of Jupiter, 
Okay, this is the setup for the movie, and they go to investigate it, whatever. But the idea is that this monolith was planted there, right? And it would only do its pi'ula, which is to send this shriek to the to the, the moon, to the other monolith on one of the moons of Jupiter. And that would only come about because because people had excavated the moon, and meaning once people got to the moon and excavated and started building, then the only then could the monolith, meaning humanity would have to come to a certain point of development in order to discover this monolith, in order that the monolith could get hit by the sun and blast its thing back. So what Rabbeinu is doing here is similar to that. right? He's, he's, giving, he's teaching a story, he's giving over an idea in Yiddish, in Europe, to, to a group of people that never couldn't understand, first of all, they couldn't understand the, the, the concept of a country of great wealth, right? Um, it's certainly that's certainly not part of the worldview, and the idea that 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 we we could understand, right? He was te- he was not teaching to people that would understand also the world of the Baltzfila and also the world of the country of great wealth, right? So he was teaching into the future. He was teaching concepts that that first of all that didn't exist yet. Second of all, that could only be understood by people who had once been in the country of great wealth, in the, in, 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 the, in the culture of the country of great wealth, and then had left to go be with the Baltfila. Right? So Urbanu is telling, he's, it's, 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 it's mamish amazing that he's, he's teaching something that, that like, until, you know, until 30 years ago, no one would be able to understand the nuancing, right? The idea that one could have a world whose most important factor was money. Money's of course always been important, there's always been greedy people, there's always been rich people, there's always been powerful people, etc. Um, but the the um, materialism, right, the idea that that there's only wealth, that there is no God other than wealth, that's you know, that really that that's that's a recent idea. That definitely is uh post dates Rebenu. But anyway, so, so when the Gibor comes, right? It's like like Barack Obama said about uh, Al Qaeda that like the only reason they're doing terrorism is because they don't have jobs, right? Which is um, which is pure pure idiocy. Uh, and but but ultimately, what it's doing is it's it's tr- one of, one of the reasons why it's it's difficult for for people in the West to understand. Um, the the wars that happen in other parts of the world, you know, ignore Israel and and the Arab you know Arab neighbors, any other place in the world, right? Because um, when different cultures operate under different values, right, the only template that that people have to understand these other values is through their own worldview, right? Um, so when Barack Obama comes and says that Al Qaeda is doing terrorism because they don't have jobs. Um, that is, that's his Western worldview trying hey, to, oh, where's my seer, man? Where's... So it's a total, uh, misunderstanding, right? Barack Obama's statement there is a, is a complete misunderstanding of the, the worldview of Al-Qaeda based on his, um, materialist worldview that, that the world, I mean, he's a Marxist, right? Right. So he's a materialist. So. 
his whole worldview is that everything happens because of things, right? All actions, all uh, desires are just about things, right? Any ideas you might say, you know, uh, you know, God or family or whatever, those are just sort of, you know, cute concepts that you've sort of, you know, tacked to the things that you have or want or don't have, etc. Uh, so, 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 so that's what we have here, right? Barack Obama misunderstanding ISIS is like these wealthy people, the the country of great wealth, misunderstanding the Gibor and being afraid of him. They're, why are they afraid? They don't care. They don't care if they like have to change their language and their flag and they're like servants to some other country. They don't want. They don't care about freedom or independence. They just care that their that their faith, their emuna in in uh, things, is maintained, right? So they continue to do avodot to do prayer services, worship services. Right, and they they continue to you know their 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 temples working overtime. They're so afraid. So everyone's bringing korbanos. They're bringing sacrifices to their gods. They would take an animal, parentheses, the right? They would take an animal. What does it mean, an animal? It means a poor person. They'd sacrifice him as a god, as, as a korban to their god. And similar to these other avodot canal, right? Um, you know, just, just for the yell of it, you know, what's the, you know, what's the average. Uh, household income of the the soldiers who fight America's wars, right? I would assume it's it's much lower than the uh, than the average income of the, the the Congress, right? So, you know, just just to sort of continue continuing the parallels, right? What happens in the in the story is you have the the wealthy people, the people in charge, right, who are powerful because they're wealthy. Who, in order to to stave off their own fears about about um, outside uh, you know dangers, etc., external dangers, they will take chayot, meaning poor people, and feed them to their god, sacrifice them for their god. Um, you know, I hate to sound like uh, you know, <laughs> I hate to sound like an anti-war guy, but. Um, the, the the metaphor just you know the parallel just kind of seems obvious to me and this gibor this warrior was going and coming closer to them uh, all the time so his his uh his scouting team of of also giant mighty men they started to to make bring a list of demands kidarko as was his way they had a great fear. Uh, they were very wealthy. The very wealthy people were very afraid. They did not know what to do. So they, so they're, they're, you know, what is the government, you know, to do when they don't know what to do? They speak to the the business people. You know, they speak to the chamber of commerce, speak to the heads of uh, the tech companies, right? Um, so they did the same thing here. They they got advice from their from the salesmen. Hey, because they were in another country. They went to another country, this very wealthy country, you know, Montenegro or something, Aspen, where everyone is rich enough that they're actually a god. 
and they they drive on angels. Because every single person in this country, from from a little person to a big person, young until old, poor until you know whatever, small until big, they are completely fantastically rich. From the Qatar, right UAE, right. Until the the whole country is so rich that that even the the small people the the poor people in their country are also considered gods. Lufita utam according to their mistake. Parentheses ki akatan shebehem hu ashir muflag v'yishol kolkach kishi ura haka hakatsuv lelokah etzlam vechenal. Okay, because the small the smallest amongst them in this country was so wealthy. And he had so much stuff, it was like the amount of money which would have been designated to a god in our country, right? The Gamnosim Imalachim, they drive on angels. What does it mean they drive on angels? Because the horses they ride on are wearing, are covered in such wealth of gold and, and um, great wealth of gold, etc. Until the covering, the the the, the horses they drove on were so fancy, right, that the, the covering of one horse would be considered like a malach, like an angel, right? So like, they were such gods that they drove on malachim, right? It seems that they, they drive with angels. They, they tie three pairs of angels to the to the wagon. And they travel with them. Therefore, what do we do? We gotta go to this Medina. We gotta we gotta we gotta send a message to this country. And they will for sure be able to help us. They're so rich. Because they're all gods. Right? As we learn from the uh, from the Ghostbusters, uh, when someone says, "Are you a god?" you say, "Yes." Right? That's like this country. They all say yes. This is the advice of the salesman. Right? This is the Chamber of Commerce. Right? You listen to them. Uh, heads of the unions, etc. It seems like a good idea. Right? Why wouldn't the government want to uh, take the advice of the business community? Uh, what's the worst thing that could happen? Myocarditis. Right? Because they believed that certainly the, the, that will save them, right? Right? The, our business advisors, right? Which in this country of great wealth is the most important um, panel, right? Not the, not the voter, not the, uh, the elected representatives, but the business community. Right, uh, right. Um, they are going to give the advice to find even richer people. That's where, that's where the issue is going to come from. Because this country, oh, everyone is so rich. Everyone's so rich there. They certainly, they will be able to help us against our keyboard. Um, and I want to say that this this sounds like, what does it mean that they, they want Elokus that are driving on Malachim, right? So, so Malachim, the way I see Malachim is like, like the wit, like Hashem, Creates the world, and right, like like um, no one. Uh, I am stating publicly that no one has permission to become a kofir um, because of my words, right? So if I say something that inspires you to like start your own religion, 
I I will uh, deny you. I will uh, uh, cond- condemn you uh, if if asked ever about it. Um, but I'm just going to explain some how I <clears throat> understand things, right? So we say, right? What's the idea? What is a malach, right? We ha- I have this idea from growing up in America. Malach is like it's a you know a beautiful person with long flung hair and they have wings and they play harp and they get a halo on their head. Shkoyach, that's very cute. But what is what is a malach like? Like for real, what is an angel? So, right, we have, you know, in, in the in the Tanakh, an angel has six wings and one foot. And what does that mean? And, and it just does what Hashem wants, right? Um, right, I think about Malach, Malacha, right? We have an, on Shabbos, 39 categories of things that we can't do are called the 39 Malachot, right? So Malacha is like creative action. So a Malach is something that, that, that has action, that, ha, that does an action in this world. So what, how do I see it? Right, there's like a bureaucracy, right? There's all these bureaucracies, right? Rabbeinu talks about there's like 24 bate din in heaven, whatever. There's like, just like on earth there's bureaucracy, up in heaven there's bureaucracy, fine. Hashem commands the world. Hashem creates the world. Hashem does things. How does he How does he bring his his actions, his desires, his pula, whatever, to pula, right? How does he make them happen, right? He sends the wind to make a hurricane. He sends the rain to, to plant the seed. These these forces that we experience in the world are the forces of malachim, right? That's how I that's how I understand it, right? So when he says, when they say in the story that they want to find rich people who are like gods who can drive on malachim, right? This is akin to finding a um, a before some shall sheker. Right, Rabbeinu refers to them sometimes as Shadim uh, Yehudaim, demon Jews that teach bad Torah, etc. And the idea is that maybe they even have kochus. Right, there are people that, that that have plenty of power who are who are you know even godly sorts of powers. Right, we see that Bilam had Nebuah and Lavan had Nebuah, etc. Right, so so there are people who 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 aren't uh, uh, good people to follow, but they still have power. So that's that's what I think he's describing here. Right, the fact that there are no seam on the malachim, what does it mean? That's like a that's like a before some shalshek or someone who can use uh, holy names to make miracles and and right we're we're not some miracles right. The fact that someone can do a miracle is not is uh, is just a precursor for being a navi right. It's not like oh you can do a miracle you're a navi right. So so a person being able to do miracles to make it rain or make it stop raining or do whatever that's lav dafka um, you know irrefutable proof of one's righteousness right and I want to say that what does it mean he, he they have these horses they these six pairs of malachim right that the this this before some shall sheker no I don't know I don't know I'm, I'm, I can't I can't uh, I can't finish the muscle in my head so I'm not going to get into it fine but anyway that's their that's their general strategy right uh, they want a Balmoifsim, someone who, who can use, you know, Shemot Shaltuma or something to, to save them. Hanal, and the Master of Prayer, as mentioned above. I don't know why I say Hanal, he's the only one who's been mentioned, but okay. The Master of Prayer that was mentioned above, he says to himself that he should probably, he should go back to this to this this wealthy country, Right, he hasn't given up. Right, Ravina doesn't give up. He says just the same, even though they're the same. Maybe I can continue to um, 
to help them do tshuva and help them return from their terrible mistake. So he went back and he went to the same guards. And he starts speaking with this shomer. And this and the shomer starts talking with this gibor. That they're so afraid of him. And the Baltzila asks him, What do you plan on doing? So, this is, so the Shomer explains to him, That, ah, we got a big plan. We're going to Monaco, right? We're going to Qatar. We're going to bring back some, some oil billionaires from Qatar, and uh, they'll deal with it for us, right? A friend of mine, uh, my friend, uh, a friend of mine pointed out when we were learning this particular piece in the... Um, and our Shabbos uh, for Brengen, he pointed out that that up until now, the Shomrim hadn't responded, right? That but now that there's like a threat, there's like the world has been changed. There's there's a a, a th- an outside threat that they hadn't planned on. They didn't know what to do with. They're finally um, in conversation with the Baltzila, right? They haven't like you know been saved and been baptized, Lahavdiel and all these things, but they they. Before they just kind of didn't care. They're like, "Oh, you, oh, okay, okay, Rabbi, you want to talk about God? Cool." But now, like, um, right, right, they've they've been given a little bit of bittel, a little bit of space in which that they can speak to him, right? And they and they see him as a place where they can like share their fears, right, um, right. Which is, of course, Rubin pointing out that there, you know, as they say, there's no no atheist in a foxhole. Right, that sooner or later, most people they get to a stage in their life and they, and they kind of can't can't deny that uh, it might be good to talk about God. It might be it might be good to to start a relationship with Him. Um, you know, so that's that's uh, that's where these people are. That they finally right. So how do I how do I translate this into into my life? Right, if things aren't going as I like them to go, if things are going schwer things are hard, right? So then, the first thing that I try and focus on is that this is Hashem um, giving me an opportunity to connect to Him and to speak to Him, right? You know, when things go when things go sweet, when things go easy, when things, when I don't have to, like, you know, think about every second of my day, you know, I can kind of drift into automatic pilot and I forget. I forget that Hashem's there, I forget that He's guiding me, I forget that He gave me life today, I forget that He gave me the most beautiful children in the world, I forget that He gave me you know that he brought me to Eretz Yisrael, etc. Just kind of, just kind of like fall asleep, right? But when things things are not simple, when things are hard, right? So then this is an opportunity. Hashem is is wants me to wake up and and speak to him, right? So that's that's what happens to to all of us. But certainly that's that's what's happening with the Shemrim, right? Now that the Shemrim are having a little bit of lachats that they weren't expecting, now they have space to. Uh, to connect with the with the Baltfila. right? So, but they have a plan. They're going to go to this this country of great wealth and get uh, messengers from there, or whatever gods from there. And the Baltfila laughed at them. Ha ha ha. Vamarlo, he said to this other guy. He said to the Shemer, "Hello, Akol Isn't it everything you say ridiculous? Right? You think that they're going to save you? The people in this country, they're they're people just like you." And you, all of you and your gods, you're all just people. You're not gods. 
There's only one one uh, one thing in the world. There's only God alone in the world. He's the creator of all things. Blessed be his name. Right? And to him alone is it appropriate to, to, to serve. And to him alone is it appropriate to daven. And this is the main thing. And things like this. Right? Right, I've started doing that when I speak to people. You know, like, let's talk about God. You know, I pick people up, I pick Trumpist team up in my car, and I'm like, hey, what are you learning? Let's talk about God. Let's talk about God. I spoke to someone the other day, and he's like, oh, I saw this very interesting program about how uh, how you can talk to people, how the, the British did this, and the, the Arabs did this, and the Zionists did this, and there's a whole mess, and I'm like, no, 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 that's a distraction. God gave us this land. Anyone who asks you, Israel this, Israel that, da 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 da. Hashem, Hashem gave us the land. Nikuda. You want to talk? You want to talk details? We can talk details. But th- th- that's that's the short. That's the long and short of the story, right? Um, it's important to speak to people about that. You know, I I feel like uh, I realized several years ago that you turn on the TV or the news, and the only people talking about God is Al Qaeda, right? And I think that's inappropriate. I think that uh, it's important for Am Israel to to spend more time talking about God. Uh, you know, first first talking with God and then talking to God, talking about God with our friends and our family, etc. But uh, it's an important thing, right? How did how does um, right when Yaakov was pretending to be Esau when he was uh, stealing the bracha from Yitzchak, right? And um, well, they say that Yosef uh, Shem Shemayim was Shigra Befiv Shel Yosef. The Yosef is always mentioning Hashem's name, and I think there's something about I know that that Rashi. Right, I think I think Yaakov says like Hashem something about he mentions Hashem's name uh, when he's um, pulling you know when he's doing the thing with Yitzhak stealing the Bahura. Um and I think Rashi says there that he that Yitzhak was like is that are you sure it's you Esau because you just you know said Baruch Hashem or something like that. Um, so that's that's part of our that's part of what we do too. Just mention Hashem's name. Speak about Hashem. Just speak about Hashem. Right. Speak first. Speak to Hashem. And speak about Hashem. That's part of our job. All right. With that, I got to run. Everyone have a lovely Shabbos. And uh, Mizrach Hashem, see you later. Soon. I don't know.